The Dragon Made Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Do you know that 40% of the population of Brazil are Japanese, and 40% of the population are Latino, and 40% of the population are armadillos? The armadillos count for less because they're shorter. <laughs> <laughs> they only Thank count you. for half. <laughs> for that geographical information, Jeff. Uh, for more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early and learn more about our other podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to talk about chapters 1 through 4 of Crossroads of Twilight, book 10 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we enjoyed the Robert Jordan salad bar special. The Wolf of Arad Daman is, an, is attempting to unite the Damani lords with some very mild treason. The, uh, the White Cloak shitheads are up to no good, while the White Tower hunters get mired in Aes Sedai drama. Gawain gets orders from Elida, who is getting pretty high up on Gawain's fuck off a meter. And Davron Bashir <laughs> is hands off on the whole Camelon siege, although it feels like he's itching for that fight, especially after some asshole shanked his wife. And uh, finally, we landed on Kyrian, where things have calmed down for the time being, although Someone does make an attempt on Dobrain's life that would have succeeded if not for the badass healing skills of Cad Swain's proxy. Then Loghain shows up in town with his girlfriend slaves, and we're all pretty sure he's up to something too, but we don't know what. You know, yeah. every time I heard here, why is it every time I read Dobrain, I think it's a horse? Is it there is a like horse. a book with a horse named Dobrain somewhere? No, it's a song. There's a song about a horse named Dobrain. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not actually a horse with no name. No, as I went to the desert on a <laughs> horse named Dobrain. <laughs> Those are the original lyrics. <laughs> so that explains that. Yeah. All right. Chapter one. Uh, time to be gone. I can have the dice. We get a Matt chapter. Yeah. Which is great because I, I was concerned that we weren't going to see Matt for a little while because that. A couple of listeners had said that the, in this book, they kind of switch characters on us a little bit. We did have a lot of Matt in the previous book, right? Not just in the final bit. I'm trying to remember. No, he, wasn't he flat the whole time? No, no, no. The last book he did his his big escape. Yeah, right, right. That, and that he was doing happened, the whole thing right? with the Golom and stuff. Like there was, there was a lot of Matt in the previous book. So I was concerned we weren't going to get much Matt in this book. Yeah, but it but was so shitty far, that, though. Not not Matt himself being shitty, but being in, being in a shitty situation with Thailand that did not make reading about him enjoyable the way it normally is. That is true. So the the wind blows over Ibudar again. I think that it's been blown over Ibudar like three times in a row. It's a very there's a lot of city. there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of wind in Ibudar. Yeah, it's known as the windy city, as a matter of fact. <laughs> right. True. Well, now it's known as the smoky city because it's been totally wrecked. Yeah, yeah. So this is we pick up in the immediate aftermath of Matt's quote unquote stealthy escape, which apparently involves a lot of fire and death and destruction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even do it at the time. It was just like a side thing. He he blew up the whole city. Yeah, cool, because the I guess it was the Seafolk channelers, right? All the Yeah, that he released. The Athan 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 Mier or whatever. 
Right. And they, so they escaped with all the sea folk they could get and, and, and burn the place down while they were doing it because there was a giant magic battle. And we start out with Matt surveying the wreckage of the harbor, uh, hanging out with Noal, who I guess is like Matt's buddy now. Yeah. Who has replaced Dashiva as the most suspicious character. <laughs> like, well, I don't even know what is up with this guy, but I'm, I'm so suspicious of him. Yeah, right? I mean, like, he seems cool and everything, but, like, he's always talking about, like, uh, what, what is it, the, the, the land on the other side of the wastes? Shara. Shara. He's always talking about Shara and stuff. It's like, nobody's been to Shara. And then Who there's all those, like, moments where Matt is like, oh, well, it took him a long time to go do something, but whatever. I'm going to think about something else now. So, obviously, yeah, something right. is going yeah. on with this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Noel yeah. is shady as fuck. Yeah, he gets way too much attention for somebody who's going to end up just being, like, a servant. <laughs> it's true. And, yeah, Matt's sad about the destruction that he sees because he didn't mean to blow up the city. And, yeah, uh, that wasn't he, that wasn't like priority one. Yeah, and then he and Agayanan and Noel uh, head on back to Valen Luca's circus, uh, traveling show, whatever they call it. Matt and Agayanan are having a, a one of these patented Robert Jordan power struggles because <laughs> Agayanan thinks that Matt works for her. Yeah, I mean she's she's of the blood, so I assume she's used to everyone kind of just like following what she says anyway like she's she used to being the the biggest dick in the room and that's like i don't do that you know so sorry <laughs> right yeah the, the only thing that matt works for is that pussy <laughs> that's, that's right and uh, and like you know there's uh none of that going on here she's taken yeah anyway they, they head back uh matt has a little bit of a flashback to what happened they were just exiting through the gates of the city when everything started going off behind them you're right lightning more storms than you'd ever see in a year going off in the sky and freaking everybody out. And then they escaped. It was very yeah, cinematic. It sounds like it, but it, but it also sounds like a lot of people died. Like there's like, he says there's like hundreds of bodies in the water. Yeah. Yeah. It seems awful. I think a lot of ships sank cause you know, the sea folk were taking their ships and leaving. So there's a bit big naval combat. Yeah. That the Shanchan at least we're not expecting to have. Yeah. Then uh, they notice Matt is super worried that people are going to come looking for two on, but he notices that nobody is. Apparently, yeah. Despite all the chaos, yeah, no one is ov overtly searching is for two. Super long. weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, chapter two, two captains, icon of the elephant. They get back to Valen Luca's show. Um, they're they're freaked out at first because there's some Shanshan soldiers there asking questions. Oh man, I I, I gotta say, so at the beginning of this chapter, we learn about Petra and his wife. So Petra the strongman and his wife the dog trainer, and they're saving up to buy an inn. Like they're just they're like, oh, we're two years away from retirement. And all I could think yeah, was, they're, they're definitely gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> they're so dead. Because <laughs> uh, you know they seem they seem really cool. They seem really nice. But man, yeah, they, they feel like it feels like they're getting set up for something bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, Matt has started to rely on that rolling dice feeling. Because he thinks, like, the soldiers are here, but I don't feel the rolling dice in my head, so it's probably not important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting it, how it seems to, he seems to understand to some degree what it what it means. Or he thinks he does. You know, what, whether that's accurate or not is hard to say at this point. But he does yeah. seem to understand that that it has a purpose, you know. But it's it's funny because now it's, you know, it's always been subtly in, influencing Matt's behavior, right? He's He's been distracted and more... I don't know, less thoughtful and more impulsive when the dice are rolling because he freaks out. True. 
but but now he's like making decisions you know if the dice were rolling right now he would have probably not gone to check out the soldiers right that's he probably would have well he would have at least known trouble was coming and he might have been taking mitigating actions at that point right yeah so does does the pattern take that into account that there's like a feedback effect on the patterns because this is this is matt's dice rolling is him giving sort of a forethought right foreknowledge of what the pattern's doing a little bit right or that yeah or that the pattern is rearranging itself around it is my interpretation but yeah yeah i think you're right or is the pattern doing this to him to make him do something? Well, it seems from, you know, from my outside perspective that he is, that that the dice typically stop rattling when he makes a decision or he takes an action, which means that it sound, it feels like it's a situation where there are multiple possibilities and then a possibility is settled upon when the dice stop rolling is is my interpretation is that this, this like right. it's a is a crossroads or something. It just seems funny that that he would, he might potentially make a different decision at that crossroads than he would if the dice didn't give him this hint. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. So it turns out the soldiers were just after horses, and uh, we get a bit of a feeling on what's going on here. Matt is paying Val and Luca a huge amount of money to transport them. Yeah. So and, that, so we've got another, we've got another yeah. traveling with the circus subplot. So is this like a Robert Jordan fan favorite? Uh, I like it. I'm down yeah. with this. Yeah. I I, I like. I hope that they kind of join the circus. Like they each have like a role within the circus. You know, that's what Nynaeve Absolutely. and uh, that's what Regina, I want. Yeah. yeah. Did, I, right. Like Matt can throw knives. He can catch knives. Right. He's got. Oh, yeah. He's a juggler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tom Marilyn would be great. Um, let's see. Again, and would probably suck at everything she tried to do in the circus. <laughs> no, no. She, she's a uh, she's got like martial arts stuff. Right. Isn't she like a badass martial artist or he something? Like, I guess she could wrestle people or something. Yeah, like do combat demonstration or something like that. I don't know. But so is Tuon, for that matter. True. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll probably have to watch it with all the ice to die, though. Maybe they can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that that would be nice, though. We'll find out. Uh, but anyway, Matt decides it's time to move out. I do think it's funny that when the Sean Chan show up, uh, you know, we know that they're we find out that they're there for horses, but Matt's like. Which yeah. high crime might they be after me for? Because I did set loose all of those, those, uh, these, yeah. these, uh, these channelers, and also I did cause all that destruction indirectly, and also I did kidnap the <laughs> the daughter of the empress. So I wonder which yeah. thing they're after me for. <laughs> he keeps thinking like, well, I did this thing, and to the Shan Chen, that's like one of the worst possible crimes. And I did this other thing, which is even worse than that. And I also kidnapped the, the daughter of the Empress and who knows how bad that is. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they have Except this the thing Shan called Chen the... that are with me. Keep freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> they said this thing called the death of a thousand tears. They keep talking about it. I don't know what it means, but <laughs> you're right. It, Matt would not understand that. He'd be like, what? They're going to make me cry to death, man. They'll, <laughs> they'll never make me cry. And I could cry forever. A two rivers, man could cry a whole lot. <laughs> Although it could be the death of ten thousand terrors, oh, that would that'd be <laughs> unpleasant. Yeah. So Matt rounds up his crew. Uh, there, this is one of those moments when Noal went off on his own and did something. And yeah, back. shitty as fuck. Definitely up to right. something. And the cha- this this chapter ends with the the the, the dice rolling because we talked about this before. But at the end of this chapter, suddenly they start rolling. So it's bum bum bum. Right. I like all this detail about how the circus is, you know, striking their tents and their process of getting on the road and all that stuff about life in the circus, which, you know, did Robert Jordan 
you know, was he ever in a circus? Was he a circus author? <laughs> he he likes uh, he likes circuses. It seems like. Yeah, that's cool. Was he not of a generation for whom the idea of the circus was like the pinnacle of childhood? Was it? it could I think be. maybe he's too young for that, right? That that, that was like a pre World War II thing, it wasn't it? I don't know. I wasn't alive back mm. then. You tell me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it being that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, chapter three: A fan of colors, icon of the Adam. Uh, after seeing everybody else, Matt goes with trepidation to see Tuon. And they spar verbally. Tuon is super creepy calm about all this. Well, yes yes and no, right? Creepy calm, but also throwing shit at him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. it's you're, You know, because <laughs> he said she's creepy calm, but she did smash a dish at him. And she's yeah. also pretty jealous. I've... Yeah. I was getting some very, very strong, like, Fayil slash Avienda personality traits going on here. Like, she calls him toy the entire time, which is awful. Like, yeah. it, it was a very, very unpleasant interaction to read about. It, and I hope that it doesn't stay like this for a long time, because I don't know if I can do another book full of that kind of bullshit. Well, we'll see, Alice. But uh, I got to say, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't lay any bets one way or the other on that, considering this yeah. this romance begins with her throwing shit almost literally at him because she grabs that chamber pot and is going to toss it at him before the, 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 the lady stops her. All right. I have an idea. I'm going to create a game for us called Fail, Avienda or Tuan. And I'll say something <laughs> terrible that they do. And you have to guess. Who it is. <laughs> and surprise. It's going to be. Oh, yeah, Matt, Matt through, at the beginning of this chapter, Matt is thinking about this inevitable marriage to Tuan because he knows, right? Like, he he knows that it's actually interesting to me because Matt has this really this stubborn streak where he even things that seem inevitable, he'll say, I'm not going to do that, even though it's obvious that that's going to happen. But for some reason, he seems to me to be very accepting of the fact that he's going to be marrying Tuan. Like, like, he takes it as a truth that is immutable in a way that he doesn't take most other things, which I think is interesting. Yeah. He's very fatalistic about it, which I guess Maybe is he's probably just been beaten down by prophecies at this point. Yeah. He, he's kind of like, yeah. if it's a prophecy, it's a prophecy. Cause like, look, look what happened last time. You know, it's funny. Cause uh, in addition to this whole two on thing, Matt and again, and are having this like throughout these chapters, Matt and again, and are having this, like this, this pissing contest essentially. And I was like, this isn't going to turn into a romance, right? Because this is how Robert Jordan sets up his romance. <laughs> this is hot stuff, for Robert Jordan. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, she's already like she seems like she's pretty settled on Bail Domon, and Bail Domon as is is one of the best characters. So you know, I mean, like it's hard to Absolutely. it's hard to go up from Bail Domon. So <laughs> it's uh, it it seems unlikely, but still, man, it feels it has that feel to it, you know. I think I think if you wanted a drinking game for this chapter, you might drink every time that Matt thinks about boobs. It's a yes, lot. That was because yeah, like was a like lot. he comes in and I mean it's actually it's not as egregious as it has been in the past, but he comes into this room with these three women sitting there and evaluates their boobs uh-huh. like right away. You know, like there's Satala Nan. You know, she's innkeeper, very motherly. There's her boobs. There's Tuan's 
like there's two on serpent. She's got these really big boobs. She laid down and she still got big boobs. And and there's two on and she's got framed like a boy, you know, not really my kind of thing. Not her boobs are just not very booby. That's all, you know. <laughs> right. I mean it's not even he's not even being prurient about it because he's super stressed out and unhappy in this chapter. It's just like automatic, you know? <laughs> yeah. The process is always running. <laughs> so uh Tuan makes a deal with him that she will not try to escape. And uh, it's part of yeah. her creepy, calm acceptance of this situation. Well, she, uh, the more we learn about Tuan's life, the more we learn that she's had to deal with a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the, uh, like she, I think she mentions early on that, that essentially from the day she was born, she, people have been trying to kill her. Cause that's just the way that the, the throne games yeah. go in the Shan Chan. Uh, Apparently, literally, since exactly the day she was born. Yeah. No, I thought it was her. They counted like the day she first killed someone as her like birthday. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because they count from two days. They're the day they're actually born, and then they're some years later, which for her was I think four years later. Because first she says he's she's sixteen, and then she says, "But I'm." 20. Well, first she says she's thirteen. Thirteen was that it? Okay. Yeah. And then she says she's twenty, we, so yeah. seven years. But I think, but I think that's. I don't think it's about killing someone. I think it's um, when she was taken into the imperial family. Like yeah, they, all... they gave her a name. She called it yeah. her naming day or something like that. Right. Oh, okay. I was remembering a moment when she had like made a throwaway comment about that was the first time somebody tried to kill me, and she was like a very small child. That's what. I was yeah, that was probably about. her naming day. Then that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I, I got confused because the dude in the next chapter mentions it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she so, uh, she while while they're having this conversation, she also asks about his ring, which I, I think we yeah. recall has like the has rave, ravens or something on it, right? Like his his like signet ring that he buys. It's, like it's a by fox chance. that is scared up two ravens, which is and aren't there some moons on there as well? Yeah. So so th- yeah. this this ring has has a has a has a meaning for her just because the sim- symbolism of those those things, right? Are. And it. At one point, Tuan asks him if he remembers Arthur Hawkwing's face. Yeah, totally normal questions, which is interesting because <laughs> Matt does actually remember the face of Arthur Hawkwing because of his like, memories. What? No, no. Why? Well, that's stupid. No, <laughs> no. I mean, Arthur Hawkwing died a long time ago. That that would be a ridiculous thing for yeah, me to remember. That his... total Arthur Hawkwing guy. I never got along with him, and he died a long time ago anyway. <laughs> okay, explain to me, like what I. I didn't understand that. How does she, why is she saying that? It, okay. It is not explained at this point, And this is my theory. Uh, based on some of the stuff we, we've learned through her perspective last book, she's had some prophecies too about her life. Okay. And that's why she locked on to Matt is because he meets the prophecies. I think the ring is probably part of it. Yeah. And so I'm I, guessing their prophecy was something like, you're going to marry a person who remembers Hawkwing's face. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 that's that's exactly uh, my interpretation as well. I, I think that she knows that she's going to marry Matt, and this is all like and that, for her. That's this why is she's so like, she's so icy about this is because she like she's just watching this all play out, and she has this knowledge of the future. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those situations where they really just need to talk about it, you know, but they're not going to. Yeah. Right. And they might yeah. get along. Who knows. But uh, the dice do stop rolling the moment they make their their deal. When he does his little spit shake with two on, which by the way, that's how you get COVID. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I guess that's the deal. We'll we'll find out how that goes. And then Tom Maryland shows up with some news. Um, First of all, there's been no public hunt for Tuon that he could find. And also, Mm -hmm. uh, Tylen got golomed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, I mean, Matt's pretty broken up about it. And, I mean, she was... She was kind of horrible, but I'm not sure she deserves to have her head torn off by a golem. It sounds pretty unpleasant. Yeah, true. But then, after that, Matt goes to meet the Aes Sedai and the Soldom, oh. who are living together, which has got to be a really entertaining uh, place to live. Hold on, though. There is, uh, before that, he gets the summons uh, from, with, like, Jolene's w- order or whatever, and Tuan oh, yeah. gets jealous. So we're going to have another of those. <laughs> She's like, yes. another woman is summoning you? Uh-huh. I, I, I got to add that to my bingo scorecard I'm creating for Robert Jordan new relationship. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you might appreciate that. If I if I remember correctly, Tuan says something like she she's hoping that Jolene doesn't take her mat just because <laughs> she cat. <laughs> Jolene, 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 Jolene. Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dumb joke. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, yeah, but it's just, it's good. Uh, I wonder who Dolly Parton was reborn as. Because she's definitely Tabarin. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's so, uh, the, the, the woman who's traveling with Tuan. Oh, my, that, she is like Dolly Parton, isn't she? Uh-huh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Uh, but but as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, Matt bunked the Aes Sedai and the Suldom together, which seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his only reasoning seems to be like, well, maybe they'll fuck with each other. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, what has happened is that they they summoned him because they sensed the great channeling, which I believe is Rand and Nynaeve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, Matt somehow knows that it's Rand, so it must be Rand and Nightmare. Right, yeah. I, I thought I couldn't, I wasn't entirely sure that it was that or if it was the weather thing, but that happened a while ago, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it has to be the the tank cleansing. Though I, 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 I'm I'm a little, I guess this establishes kind of where we are in the timeline. I, I don't know how, why I had the impression that we had traveled backwards in time a little bit in this book, because, well, at least in the, the prologue chapter, it seemed like all, all that stuff hadn't happened yet, but I guess it's happening now, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe that stuff was happening. That stuff was in the past, but now we're actually moving the, the needle forward on the record. Yeah. So they're a little freaked out and Matt's like, nah, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and uh, it's, he also wonders, like, maybe that happened at exactly the moment that I shook hands with Tuon. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing about the dice rolling, which would be weird because the, the shaking the hand, I thought was pretty clearly the dice rolling thing, but maybe it was both. I, I think that's Matt. I think that's wish, wishful thinking on Matt's part. I, I think that's pretty unlikely because, because uh, to me, the dice rolling is yeah, always a like a, a split paths thing. And like, it's like a decision being made. And usually it's a decision, decision being made by Matt. I think that might just be like a coincidental timing and, and Matt <laughs> uh, hoping it's not okay. what he just did, but I'm pretty sure it's like, Yep, you just steal the deal. You're gonna be like getting with two on now that you had this this moment of of agreement or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, the the Isidai are pretty much jerks to Matt, and the Suldam offer to torture them for him, um, and that's pretty much how the meeting goes. Yeah, which I mean, 
again, putting the Aes Sedai and the Suldam together is kind of fucked up, actually. You know, <laughs> like the Suldam, especially for those the two Aes Sedai who were uh, demonic uh, under the under the Suldam, is like a little bit like being forced to share a a small room with your torturer, right? Like that's kind of the deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, so they are on the move with the rest of the uh, the circus, the traveling show. And then chapter four, the tale of a doll, icon of the Shanshan. So we're following Furik Karid, who is a guy we met briefly, right during the the Rand battle ch- battle in Ilion. Did with we? all the channeling. I didn't remember that at all. I thought He's this like, was a new There character. was like a guy who works for a general and the general gets killed. Uh, I, I think that's who he is. Okay, okay. Anyway, it, he's a Death Watch, which is like a super impressive thing. Uh, and now he's their foremost anti-channeler expert because oh. he survived that battle, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one okay. where Rand used the sword and killed a bunch of his own right. people. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so he was there. But So he's like a... a loyal like super marine guy and he is in charge of searching for tuon i like he's got this buddy uh ajimbura who's uh like drinking from a human skull yeah <laughs> and he's like i wish he would wash that skull more <laughs> but i thought that dude was really interesting because i think he's the first person from shanshan that we've met that is not culturally shanshan mm-hmm which mm-hmm. which is is something they've alluded to a lot. They talk because th- this when we've had things from the Shanshan perspective, they often reference or think about the history of Shanshan, where they've they've essentially assimilated all these tribes and these different groups that are around them. So th- you're right. This is the first time we've seen one of those people from uh, what do they call them the the hill hill folk or something like that, which I guess yeah. is one of the, the hill tribes. Yeah, the Kensada, which I figured was the indigenous people to Shanchen before the Shanchen came and colonized, right? It could be, I yeah, don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I it I also noticed in this chapter, just from this guy thinking about various battles and insurrections and stuff, we we've talked about how the Shanchen controlled areas uh, after they've been conquered seem to be extremely well run and peaceful and uh, you know, pretty good places to live. Yeah. But that can't be true because think about how many battles this guy's been in, right? There, there's constant civil strife back on Shanshan. Like the politicians are getting assassinated left and right. You know, Tuan's had so many assassination attempts that she doesn't even count them, right? Yeah. It... Well, they say at least over in Ranland, the the working class people usually do just fine because the Shanshan have no interest in changing the status quo for them. It... Yeah, but they they always suffer in in wars and battles and stuff like that, especially insurgencies. Yeah, which it sounds like there were quite a lot of rebellions. It's it's it feels a bit like there's like different layers because Shanshan culture is so hierarchical. Like the different layers live drastically different lives. So it could be that if you're a a, shlub, a random schlub in Shanshan, then you you no one has any interest in you, and you mostly live a normal life. If you, but then if you're in like the the property or the realm of the the imperial family then your life is a mess because they're they're all mm-hmm. they have their intrigues and they're very like bloodthirsty or something. I don't know. It's 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 hard to imagine, yeah. but yeah, it, it just could be it struck like me that. as a little inconsistent. But whatever. Um, he also thinks about how he's not really taking the search for her super seriously because she's faked her death twice before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one time up until the point that they were like 
she should she it sounds like she showed up after her funeral or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's like so we he, made the funeral you know, arrangements like, you know you know, maybe she's dead, maybe she's not, uh, you know, but I got to like, I got to keep looking for her because that's my job. But that's just, that's just how it be for a, for a high lady and Sean Chen. I got to say like. She and Rand have a lot in common. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He does that all yeah, the time. Yeah, right? Yeah. They just fuck off and nobody knows if they're dead or just somewhere else. Yeah. So it's, it's, I understand that he's like supposed to be this, like this crazy guard, but I don't understand where he was when Tuan got kidnapped like like right yeah like they he's sort of like he bristles at, at even the suggestion that maybe they didn't do their job perfectly but also they completely flubbed this up right yeah like, like it should not have been po- like not only did they kidnap uh tuan you know relatively easily but nobody knows where tuan went but like there's no no one even saw her get taken right yeah, I mean, she it's because she went off on her own with her maiden or her hand or handmaiden, right? And like went off into the stables to to do kung fu with Matt on her own. But even when Rand got kidnapped, the maidens had a better idea of what had happened, and and he can teleport. That's correct. Yeah. But uh, so, so yeah, yeah I, I hmm, this guy certainly has a high opinion of his own uh, loyalty and ability. But then he gets visited by that seeker guy that keeps showing up, the one that doesn't like Egeanen. Okay, yeah, I was I, I couldn't remember his name, but it's I felt like it it was him because it was this he's on this same thing where he's like, <laughs> God, this guy cracks me up because he's he's got this like <laughs> this wall of like thumbtacks and yarn, right? And it's all wrong. <laughs> like he's like so. Yeah. High Lord Turok, this this like ultra lord, was assassinated by High Lord Suroth, who was was assisted by the Aes Sedai. He's like connecting all these dots, and they're all wrong. Yeah, but I I love it because <laughs> his actual facts that he's collected are almost all totally correct. Yeah, yeah. He, he he really knows who was where, what people were there, who they are, what went down. But the way he puts it all together is completely wrong every time. <laughs> I know it's it it, it it's I, I actually kind of love it because just his connections are just. Just so bizarre, but but again, he's his information is really good. Like he's collected really like thorough yeah. information. He just, like and like there's it, this one guy, Tom Marilyn, who was supposed to be a servant, but he was way too cultured, educated for a servant, almost a courtier. Exactly the kind of person the Aes Sedai would send as part of the Aes Sedai plot. Like <laughs> exactly, you're so close, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I, it, it cracks me up. But yeah, they're they're, they're I guess they're having this. Con- it's it's during the course of this conversation. It. Another thing that struck me is how the fact that Tuan has disappeared puts everyone in this palace in like a real dangerous situation. Like he talks about how several of the members of the blood are like making funeral arrangements just in case. Cause like the, mm-hmm. the high lady Tuan, the daughter of the nine moons, daughter of the empress, may she live forever or whatever, uh, disappearing could lead to everyone in this place dying, right? Like, that's the way the Shan Chen works. Yeah, yeah, he said he was, like, surprised that Suroth hasn't killed herself already. Yeah, and and, and I think Karid even says to him, thinks to himself, well, you know, some people would probably kill themselves, but, you know, as a Death Watch guard, I don't have the option to kill myself, even though it's something I sh- would probably want to do, you know? It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, yeah, just to avoid the shame, I guess. But uh, he also mentions that High Lord High Lady Suroth was having a seeker killed every day until she realized that she was going to run out of seekers before <laughs> She's they. She's going to run yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. 
She, it sounds like she's really freaking out. I, I think probably she's worried about, probably worried more about her dark friend stuff than the Sean Chan stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, High Lady Seroth is not particularly concerned about any of this stuff, I don't think. But Yeah, and so but yeah. they have this long conversation where they seem to be, like, talking past each other. Or they're, they're, they're talking very obliquely about stuff that they already kind of know. And I think I followed it, but I'm not 100% sure. I was having trouble with it. The, I, I think Kareed kind of uh, thinks to himself more overtly what's being implied, but he I don't know how he reaches the conclusion, though it's, he, he seems to be right. He, so it, the implication is that, well, maybe maybe you can sum it up. Is the implication that, uh, from the, is a secret implying that, that some of the Death Watch guards were involved in Tuan's disappearance? I don't understand how he got that, that inference because I didn't pick up on that at all. I went back and reread the conversation and I'm not sure how they did that, but he, I think maybe it's because he said that some of the high Lord types were watching, you know, watching their backs that he thought that like the only people they would have to worry about is the death watch guards or something like that. He, the, the only thing, the only thing I got, which was actually rather late in this conversation was he said something like, the people who were with Tuan when she was like shaking down these merchants, uh, had very had very uh, precise descriptions, and he pointed oh. to his cloak and said, "Some people would say this is black, right?" Oh, okay, so that's that's it, that's it, because she was hanging out with Death Watch guards. Oh, the this rumor is that she was hanging out with Death Watch guards, so that's the implication. Oh, yeah, that's more obvious than I thought it was. But that's later, like that's later in the conversation. So I don't I don't know if that's the source of it, not, yeah, but. anyway so so my read on this conversation is that he shows up the seeker shows up with this rumor that tuan's been spotted shaking people down for some reason with a couple death watch guards and then he says but and also she they were very specific about the colors of their outfits in, in this rumor and so what he's actually saying is this rumor is bullshit that two that's not where tuan is and you can tell it's bullshit because the the non Shanshan wouldn't say green when they describe these outfits. They would say black because it's so dark. Uh, everybody thinks it's black. Uh, he says they were super specific about it. So what he's so what he's actually saying is, and, he, and then he goes on and on about how you really like Tuan. Like Tuan was your your charge for a long time, and you you have feelings like fatherly protective feelings for Tuan, which you which you shouldn't, but I know you do. Right. And also this rumor is bullshit. So what he's saying is. And then he gives him all this information about Tom Marilyn and Matt and all the other people that disappeared and the Domine. And what he's saying is these people that all disappeared, they're the ones that grabbed two on. But he doesn't oh. actually say that or anything like that. So and because I was wondering about this, because because immediately after this conversation, Kareed like takes action. Right. He's like, OK, we're going to go do this. So is this where Kareed realizes that she's actually been taken and not just like. Right. <laughs> another right. Well, another I, intrigue or whatever. Takes, I mean, he was taking it seriously, but he had no leads, I think. And so mm-hmm. this is the guy giving him a lead, which is actually the, exactly the right lead. Uh, although the, he thinks the, for the wrong reasons. Crazy, yeah, he thinks it's some crazy Aes Sedai plot. Um, yeah. He also, like, I think, fingers some people as being Aes Sedai pawns, which are not, which could totally get them killed. Yeah, for sure. But the, the uh, greed gets the right information out of this and like takes off, leaves town with a, a squad to go chasing after Matt. And it's a it's a substantial squad. It's like two hundred Death Watch guards, like twenty or forty uh, gardeners, which are Ojir warriors, which I think is super cool. Yeah, and like a awesome. bunch of a bunch of uh, Suldan with Damane. 
Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. The other thing is that I think Suroth said, I think Suroth is the one behind the two on rumors because she's trying to cover up the fact that she got, she went missing. Trying to make it look like another two on crazy thing. No, that makes, that actually makes a lot of sense. That makes, that, that helps, that kind of fills in the gap. So, <laughs> Although it uh, makes the whole thing very confusing is that Karid, Karid himself had not heard the rumors. So right. the guy is telling him the rumor in order to tell him that the rumor is bullshit. Yes. Okay. See, I missed that entirely, but that actually makes a lot more sense. Okay. So the secret it guy. It's really annoying to be a Sean Chen, like high level slave and have to. Oh, yeah. Cause like they're not allowed to talk about things, level. right? Yeah. Yeah. So are there ways to Sean Chen? W A Y S? With a capital W. Oh, that's, that's a good question. question. There, there, sh- there probably yeah. would be right. Like the, the, the They're ways are from the age of, of legends. legends. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would assume so. So, yeah, there, there probably would be. I mean, all the the world got rearranged, but if they're scattered around enough, unless Shan Chan is a land that came up from under the ocean or something like that. Well, if they have Ogier, then they have Steadings, and the ways were always near Steadings, right? Wasn't that a thing? Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. So they must. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I w- that was just a thought that crossed my mind when they were talking about the OGR. Yeah, they must. Interesting. So yeah. Anyway, Karid, who seems super badass and dangerous, or at least he thinks he is, with his badass squad of badass soldiers and badass OGR and badass Domines, uh, go heading off after Matt. Except they're except they don't. So there is one thing though. They don't actually know anything about Matt or where they went. They're just going to go look for him, I guess. Like, they don't right, actually have a very they... solid lead. Yeah, uh, you're right. That's a good point. So and they, they just meet outside the city. But I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out. Matt's not as subtle as he thinks he is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of excited oh, we, we... for Creed to catch up to them because I think... And this is like just pure speculation. I think Tuan and Kareed are going to join up with Matt as like a, as like a thing, you know, because Kareed, they're 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 laying the foundation work for Kareed to be loyal to Tuan, but not necessarily to Shan Chen. Even though that as a Death Watch guard, he's not supposed to be that way. It seems like he might side with Tuan in a conflict against the Shan Chen. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I think that'd be fun. Or or if something happens to the Empress and she becomes the Empress, also possible. Yeah. Uh, I one other thing is that uh, in this in the a couple chapters ago we got one of the Matt trademarks, which is like like these women are pissed off at me. I'm going to use my smile that women <laughs> and it doesn't work which at all. Never actually like, works. It never yeah. works. <laughs> I don't uh, know how he gets this idea. Uh, even his know. memories. Well, it's funny because he'll be like this thing that always works, but then he'll immediately follow with the memory of when he used it on you know mistress whoever back in two rivers and she beat them (laughs) except for that one time (laughs) except for all those one times (laughs) so that's it for this episode next time we're going to cover chapters five through eight of crossroads of twilight i am jeff lake that's at jeff underscore lake on twitter i'm alice sullivan that's at alice m sullivan on twitter and blue bonnet cafe on instagram i'm michael sparkman i still don't have one of those if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at the dragon We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we might answer it on the air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. 
the light illumine you.